Turn to your Bibles in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Um, I'm going to be preaching to you today on the last topic of our sermon series entitled Act Upon. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to act in love. What it means to let love lead, okay, to let love lead us. Everybody there? Starting next week, we're starting just a quick little jaunt about the supernatural. Pastor Steve is going to be speaking next week about the invisible realm. We're talking about the supernatural. We're going to be talking about um, 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 demonic activity. You know, we got to talk about it since it's, you know, October, supposedly the month of the devil, right? Um, I don't claim that at all. I think that Jesus is the month of every month, and he's the king of every month. So um, anyway... Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, do you have a demon and how do you know? I'm going to talk about the invisible realm. We're going to be talking about the occult. You know, there's a lot of people involved in the occult that really don't know. It's called witchcraft. Right? And the Bible says that rebellion is as witchcraft. I don't, I don't do seances, no, but you might be rebellious. Same thing, you know. So we're going to talk all about that, okay. So I want to, I want to encourage you and invite you to come for the next few weeks here as we move and just kind of keep moving into winter. Can you believe that already? Can't believe I just said that out of my mouth. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> That's bad as the F word. Sorry. Is that too? That did I push that one too long? Okay, you're right. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, as we talk about leading by love. Here's what it says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is what? From God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Because what? God is love. It's the thing. It's the only thing in the Bible. He's defined by a lot of things. But this is the major thing that God is defined in, in the word of God. You know, he's, he's, he's defined and described as all-powerful, all-knowing, all this. But in this, he says, God is love. Verse 9. And in this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Verse 14, I know it's a lot of verses, but go with me. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Verse 17. We're almost there. By this... By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. 
There is no fear in love. I love this. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. Who he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And as, as we read through all those verses, I wanted to read all of them to you because it's important that we understand to take the context of what's happening. And take the context of what he's saying. Because so many people take this verse and these verses out of context. Okay, they say this, okay, and this is something that I want to just camp on here just for a moment. They say things like, love is God. Look, love is not God. God is love. There's a difference, and we have to understand the difference, because in today's world, we're saying that we could love anything and be loved by anyone, and that makes it okay. Love is not God. Our, creator, our culture has taken the liberty to redefine love and has put that in the front of how God views love. It's become more of what makes me feel good or how I want to act in the moment. This is what the culture has redefined what love is. Don't judge me. God loves me. Yes, I understand that, that he does. Yes and amen, that he does. He'll never not love you. Yeah? He'll never not, he'll never not love you, accept you. He'll never not do any of that. But there comes a time in a believer's life or in a person's life where we have to look at love through the lenses of God. And this idea that God just loves just because that's what he does, it, it, it insinuates that he accepts and affirms everyone's lifestyle and everyone's idea of what that is. And that's just not true. Okay? <laughs> love is not God. But God is love. Amen? So what is the love of God? So what is this love of God? So John, in this portion of scripture, is talking to believers here. That's what he's saying. He's talking to, if you will, the church. He's talking to believers because he starts off with beloved. Okay? So he's talking to a group of people. Um, um, he's talking to a group of believers, people that are, 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 are already in this thing called Christianity. Okay? <clears throat> so he's talking to these believers and these believers, what they were doing in this context is that they were arguing, disagreeing on doctrine, on theology. They were disagreeing on morality. They were disagreeing on salvation. Does God choose me? Do I choose God? Right? I say it's both. God chose you, so therefore choose him. Yeah? Sounds good to me. Are you Calvinist, Pastor? No. Are you Armenian? No. I'm a Jesus follower. That's what I am. Okay? 
So they were arguing about these kinds of things. This, this next week, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little conversation piece with my buddy Micah out in, uh, in, on, the, on, the, on the east side of Wisconsin. We're going to have a conversation about all that stuff. But in this, in, this, in this letter that John is writing, it got so bad that the believers were starting to hate one another and cause a lot of division and disunity in the early church. Now, if we kind of just take this portion and we kind of just plop it right down in 2023, that's kind of what we're seeing all over the nation. Because everyone wants to be right, but no one wants to love. <laughs> Everyone wants to feel justified in how they believe, but no one simply wants to love the way that God loved people. Can you be okay if you disagree with somebody yet still love them the way Christ loved them? Yes, you should be able to, but unfortunately, that's not what it is in today's world. If I disagree with you, that means we're no longer, we can no longer talk, we can no longer be friends, we can no longer whatever the case is. I remember one time, my brother and I, I've mentioned this before, my brother and I did a skit <clears throat> when we were in high school. He was in college, I was in high school. And, and uh, in this skit, um, him and I were sitting on a park bench. It was called the park bench. And we were sitting on this park bench, and uh, um, we were arguing about theology. The, the, same, the same thing that we still probably argue about today. Okay? And in this skit, we were, you say first, by grace, it's all, oh, the rapture. You know, the rapture's going to happen at this time. And then, no, it's not. You know, there's no such thing. And then we were just, just going at each other, right, talking about how smart we were. And, and in this skit, a homeless guy walks up in the middle between him and I arguing. And we were, we were, we were going like this, homeless guy in the middle. And we were, yeah, but the Bible says, and the homeless guy, his part of the skit was, I, can, I have, can I have some food or can I, can I just, can I have some water or can somebody help me? And it's like we were arguing so much caught up in ourselves that we even didn't even see Jesus with skin on sitting in the middle of us. Sometimes the church just needs to get over ourselves and start seeing people through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of love. We can argue all day long. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those, are, they, those should be neglected. Okay? I'm not saying those conversations and those, and those dialogues should be put to the wayside. But when it's all said and done, you're not going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to go, Calvinism, Arminianism, which... Left or right, which one do you want? He's not going to say that. He's going to say, what did you do with my son? He's going to say, do I know you? Oh, but Jesus, I, I, I knew a ton of theology and I knew a lot of doctrine. I went to the Bible studies. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine standing next to Paul the apostle on the day of judgment? And Paul's going, what happened, man? Tell me about what happened in 2023. Well, you know, I went to church and that was cool. He's like, so uh, you didn't get martyred or you didn't? Did no, I, I was too nervous about that. <laughs> I, was too, I was too scared about it. I hope that what I'm saying here is kind of prodding your heart a little bit because what happens a lot of the times with believers is we get so comfortable and we get so confident in what we're doing that we can miss Jesus in the middle of it in the form of something that doesn't look right. 
in the form of ungodliness, in the form of, of, of sin. And we, and we go, ugh, sin, ugh, when Jesus is going, no, that's me, come to me. Now, am I sitting here saying that Jesus is going to sin and all this kind of, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying this, that sometimes Jesus is dressed in a robe that you will not recognize unless your eyes are on him. That's a good word. So the reason why there's division amongst churches and believers is because we took our eyes off the king. We took our eyes off Jesus. And we tried to build our kingdom and not his. And what our world needs now in this politically divided country, which, by the way, is led by the religious spirit and the political spirit in our country, what the world we now, what the world's need now in our country is a unified church that demonstrates the power and the love of God in immeasurable ways. Because those two, power and love, are connected at the hit, man. You can't have one without the other. Well, I'm really good at loving people. Okay. Well, the power of the Holy Spirit wants to manifest through you because it still is the manifest presence of God through your life. The same way love is. Amen? Now, love doesn't mean tolerance of sin. Don't get that twisted. Hear what I'm about to say. The church has become real good at tolerating sin. We've become really good at masking it and saying, well, that's just my struggle. Look, I know we have our stuff, right? I know. Hear, hear what I'm going to say, okay? I know that we have our business that we take care of. I have those same things too, right? I, I, I know that we deal with stuff. But Jesus isn't sitting here tolerating and going, well, we all know. No. He wants to address the sin, kick it out of your life, so that way you're no longer entangled by it anymore and in prison to it. Listen to a podcast with a famous country singer. He's actually a country rap singer. Made me hungry because his name was Jelly Roll. And this is what he said in the podcast. Does anybody know who that is? Why are you listening to his music? I got a bigger amen out of that than anything else. <laughs> I tease him. <laughs> I tease. I've never heard a song from him. But he said this in this podcast. He said that Jesus was tolerant of sin because he hung out with sinners. He said that Jesus was okay with some sin because he didn't accuse them and, con and did not condemn them of that sin. He brought up the story of the prostitute caught in the middle of adultery. You guys know that story? It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, right? It's one of my favorite stories because here's these religious leaders literally going and seeking out this prostitute who they knew she was promiscuous. And it says this in the Bible, it says that they caught her in the act of adultery. What? There she is. <laughs> Makes you think if those religious leaders have peeked through the window before. I, I, can, I can stay right there and hammer that. <laughs> but I won't. So this country singer said, Jesus was okay with her sin of adultery and, and promiscuous lifestyle and prostitution. 
but was more against the religious leaders because he helped her and condemned the religious leaders. Do you see, can you see how twisted that might become? But this is how the world justifies sin. Right? And that idea has made its little way into the church, into believers. Well, you know, it's, it's okay because he still loves me. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't, and I'm not saying that he won't forgive you. Let me tell you, right in the middle, I'm not suggesting anyone's doing this, okay? I'm just using the story as an example. Right in the middle of you committing adultery, okay, you can literally ask for forgiveness, and Jesus will forgive you. That's how big his grace is. That's how big, I don't understand it, but thank God I don't have to understand that. You know? Thank God all the times you made a commitment to Jesus, to God, and you said, God, I promise you this will be the last time. And you went back on that commitment the next day. Thank God that he's still there to pick you up. Amen? Thank God he's still there to say, hey, come here. Come here, woman caught in the adultery. Come here, uh, prostitute lady. Let me, let, me, let me lift you up. But Jesus doesn't say, I affirm what you're doing because of that. He just says, I love you enough to forgive you of that. There's truth to this thing that Mr. Roll had to say. Because John chapter 3, verse 17 through 18 does say this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. But he forgot verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So this guy, all he was trying to do was justify sin and call that love. Now, again, I don't want to belabor this, but I do want to say this, where he didn't, where he left off, he left the good part off. The great part off, because the good part is Jesus coming down and going, oh, I love you so much. Let me pick you up, daughter. Wrote whatever he wrote on the ground. I can't wait to ask him, what was that? What, what did you say? He's going to say, oh, it was their Twitter handles. It was their Instagram profiles. But the great part of that story is Jesus picked up the woman encountered her. Remember what we defined as encounter. We can know he's in the room, but when he's face to face with him, it's different. Jesus encountered that woman and says, now woman, go and sin no more. He didn't justify the sin. He forgave the sin, but he loved her more than enough to say, hey, yo, you're better than this. Stop being promiscuous Stop being an adulterer. Start, stop being a prostitute. Stop doing what you think that you should be doing to gain pleasure, to gain finances, to gain whatever it might be. Stop doing those things because you need to trust in me. I have set you free. So go and sin no more. Don't do it. And that's where we get it wrong a lot of the times too. Because the Christian church has been really great. And taking advantage of the grace of God. 
I know he's there for me. He will forgive you. There's no doubt in my mind, but let me tell you something. God's grace just isn't for forgiveness. It's for you overcoming the sin that wants to entangle you. If we live in the greasy grace of God, which I am a proponent of, and when I say this, I say this to say this. There's things, man, that I really don't know. But when we live right by grace, grace takes you away from sin. It doesn't lead you to it. And it needs to be that way. Because Jesus isn't coming back for a sinful church. He's coming back for a pure and spotless church. And what does that pure and spotless mean? It means the people of God who trust in him. For his forgiveness of sins, for his demolishing of sin once and for all in Colossians. Just, just, just totally d- disseminated it, man. Just took care of it. But yet we still go back to it like the Bible says, as a dog returns to his vomit. So a man returns to his folly. We have a taste for our own mess and we have a taste for the presence of God. Yet we sing, your name is like honey to my lips. Don't get caught on me now. Love doesn't justify sin, but overcomes it to release you from bondage in it and over it. Love covers a multitude of sin. It's not the same as love overlooks it. Again, love forgives. Aren't you glad that Jesus forgives you of your sin? That sin was dealt with at the cross. Who's with me? Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you just so happy about that? I am too. But this Bible verse that love covers a multitude of sin found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. This verse, what Peter is saying, he's saying this. There's nothing that God hasn't addressed at the cross. There's nothing big enough for God not to forgive. So, love doesn't overlook sin. Love actually addresses sin because love comes in the form of conviction. Love comes in the form of conviction. And conviction doesn't tell you that you're bad. It actually speaks that you're better. Condemnation leads you away from Christ. Conviction leads you towards him. Amen? Listen, if there's something that you're doing on a consistent basis and you're trying to justify it, Now's not the time to be playing around with sin, guys. Now's not the time to be messing around. I'm not telling you you're not going to make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. When you justify, when we justify what we're doing because we don't want to stop what we're doing, then we might as well just call it quits right there. Because God is not going to pursue. God is, let me say it like this. God is not going to continue. You won't recognize God anymore in pursuit of you then before you know it, your life will become religious and you just simply do the religious obligations to get by so that way you feel better about yourself. I pray, I read my Bible, I I do all kinds. Yeah, but have you let God address the area of your life that's hidden? Have you allowed Mr. Holy Spirit himself to come in and point out the things that he wants you to do? Because Romans says this, if you know the sin... 
that you do and you still do it, you've sinned. <laughs> Let's talk about the stuff you don't know. That's God's grace. I'm talking about the stuff where he says to you, hey, you know what? You need to stop doing that. And that can be a lot of things. This is where the Bible's gray on a lot of issues. He's black and white in a lot, but there's a lot of things that are gray. Why? Because the gray parts is where he wants to have a relationship with you. Conviction. Condemnation leads you away from Christ. Conviction leads you towards him. So yes, God loves you. He loves you enough to forgive you. But again, he loves you more than enough not to leave you that way. He forgives you that sin because why? He is love. But he also says, go and sin no more. Why? Because he is love. You can play some music out there real gently. So how are we led by love as I wrap up today? Number one, number one, don't be like my brother and I sitting on a park bench. Don't hate sinners and unbelievers. They're not the problem. We want to talk about how bad this movement is or this transgender that or that homosexual this and this thing doing with kids and the furry that and the blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, they're just doing what sinners do. They sin. <laughs> right? Who is in this world to show them there's a better way? Me and you. <laughs> so when we say, look, all we're doing is saying, I condemn you. You're on the ground. Let me throw rocks and stones at you. Nope. I want to be like Jesus. And I want to say, come on in, sister. Come on in, brother. Let me give you a big old Jesus hug and let me let you know that he loves you. Amen. We're not afraid of sin. God's not afraid of sin. You shouldn't be either. Number two, to be led by love, we must be led by his spirit not the spirit of offense. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12 says this, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Stop being offended at everything. <laughs> so many Christians wake up and feel it's their mission to be offended by something. Ooh, what can I be offended by today? Hmm. Stop it. See, when we're led by love, we become unoffendable. Why? I don't know about you. I've never seen a dead person offended. Have you? Have you ever seen a dead person offended about something? I've, and, and take me, I'm not trying to be crass here, but I've seen some people laying in the casket before where if they were alive, they would be offended by who did their hair. Seen that happen before. Who are you? <laughs> okay. I say that to lighten the mood. Because when we're led by love, we'll become unoffendable. Dead people aren't offended at anything. I don't know about you, but your Bible says that you are dead to yourself, but alive. You won't live offended 
any longer if you're led, if you're led by love, if you just get in that pocket of love, you won't be offended. But let me tell you what will happen is that you'll be, you will live in the resurrected power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You won't have to try. You won't have to muster up the faith for it. It will just naturally flow. So many Christians take this so, it's like, it's like they say, well, you know, Christianity is so hard. It's not really that difficult, guys. It's not, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and obey the Holy Spirit. Now, I know in that little pocket right there, there's a lot that can go on. I get it. But greater is he who's in me than he that's in this world. I mean, do we believe the Bible or don't we? We need a powerful church, not a powerless church. Amen? So be dead to yourself and alive in Christ. Last one is this. When you're led by love, more than likely you're going to be abiding in him. You're going to abide in him. Abiding in him. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, we read it earlier. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us his spirit. See, when we abide in him, the fruits of abiding in him are effortless. They're effortless. So what are the fruits that are effortless of love? What are the fruits of love that, that should be effortless in our life? Well, let's read together here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 13. We, we've coined this the, the marriage, the wedding verse, Right? Really, Paul wasn't talking about getting married here. He was talking about prophesying. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about speaking in tongues. He wasn't anti that. As a matter of fact, right before this, he says, look, look, y'all Corinthians, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I prophesy more than all of you. It's the context of this scripture. But then he goes on to say this. Verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13. These are the fruits of an effortless love. Love is patient, it's kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, yeah, that's going away too. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Last one is this. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Love. Why? Because God is love. Because God is love. Let's pray. So you can bow your head and close your eyes with me, please. I'm going to ask two simple questions. Is there anybody here this morning that... Maybe you've come, maybe this is your first time, second, third time, and you're checking out the church, or maybe you're just going through an issue right now. You've kind of left God, or, or maybe you've really never given your life to him. And this morning you're saying, 
hey, Pastor Jake, I, I want to give my life to Jesus, either again or for the first time. Can you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down? Anybody in this place that says, that's me, Pastor, will you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you so much. There's one right back over here. Praise God. Anybody else says, that's me? Come on, just be honest with yourself. Hallelujah. Can we give it up for the one? Amen. Amen. Second question is this. Anybody here just want to abide in him so you can love better? Who's that? Just raise your hand real quick. Put it right back down. Just help me, Father, just abide in you. See, when I ask you to raise your hand, it's not because I need to know. It's because it's an act of faith on your part. And so when you go, nah, I don't have to raise my hand again. No, if you want that, then raise your hand because it's an act of faith. So if you want to abide in him so you can love better, just raise your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to do that. I want to learn to love better and love more. That's good. So if you can stand with me here as we close. Let's just pray this together. If you raise your hand, especially for the one individual, if you raise your hand here this morning, I want you to pray this out. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. God is always there to pick you back up. God is not the God of second chances. He's the God of multiple chances. Over and over and over and over again. And just when you think he's had enough, he's there again. <laughs> so if you can, everyone together, especially if you raise your hand for the first time, but everyone just repeat this after me as a guided prayer. Say, Father, forgive me my sin. Thank you for loving me. Come into my life so that way I can be free from sin, free from addiction, free from anything that will keep me from you. Today, I commit my life to you and everything that I am. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, you can go ahead and give it a With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to give some instruction to the gentleman that raised his hand. Mira, if you can come over here to the red banner. We have a way that we want to connect with you uh, today. And here in just a moment, when I release everyone, I'm going to ask if you, if you want to connect, if you want to further this relationship with God, if you want to get better, if you come over here, right over here to my right, your left to the red banner. We would love to connect with you today. But for everyone else, I'm going to pray over you that Jesus would help us love. I need that. That Jesus would help us love. If that's you, just kind of, just kind of put your hands right in front of you like you're carrying something. This is a posture of receiving. And just say, Jesus, I need you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every single person here, God, who is desiring to be led by love in such a very powerful way. I ask right now that, God, you would move upon their heart and their life, or that you would bless them, that you'd be with them. Jesus, let your love overcome. So, Lord, we would stop trying to be right, and we would start learning to love right. God, we honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name.